Amen. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to go to verse 18 tonight. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. We'll actually begin reading there in verse 14, but 18 is our text for this evening. Ephesians chapter 6. If you will, go ahead and jump on up with me to verse 14. He says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And then look at verse 18. He says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And uh, that's where we'll end our reading tonight. Let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful for the text that we have tonight. I ask for your blessings and your leadership upon the message. God, you know each heart and each life that is here. You know how this message needs to be used. I pray that you will tonight. Lord, help it to register in our hearts and draw us closer to you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to talk to you about suiting up through prayer. And over the last several weeks, we've been looking at spiritual warfare and the armor of God. Like it or not, we are all engaged in a spiritual battle, and you're either going to stand or fall in this battle. Many things in life we only have two choices about. Uh, there, there's either one or there's the other. And the truth is, is that there's no middle ground here. You're either going to stand in this spiritual battle or you're going to fall. And I think it's very interesting that Paul actually uses the word stand so many times in these verses. And everything that he says here, uh, we need God's strength to stand. We need God's armor to stand. And he just he mentions that word several times throughout this. And so in the spiritual battle, you're either going to stand or you're going to fall. To fall is defeat. To stand is victory. And so we need to know how to stand. Now, as we found, the only way to stand is in God's power and in God's armor. And that's what we find as we look through these verses. We are to stand in truth. We are to stand in righteousness. We are to stand in peace. We're to stand in faith. We're to stand in salvation. And we are to defend ourselves with the word of God. But there is one more element that we need to consider, which may be the most important of all, and that is prayer. Prayer is the key to victorious Christian living. And I know that through the years, if you've been in church a year, or if you've been in the church for 30 years, you've heard prayer preached about and harped on all these years, and there is a reason for that. If you are going to live a victorious Christian life, there are two key elements that you have to have a daily dosage of, and that is the Word of God and a life of prayer. And if either one of those is missing, you're going to be struggling in the Christian life. You're going to struggle with those, but you're so much the more going to struggle without one or both of those things in your life. And that's why preachers are always telling you to study God's Word, always telling you to pray because it is so important. It is the key to victorious Christian living. As far as the armor of God is concerned, prayer is not only our access to God's armor, But prayer is, in fact, the way that we put it on. So for the past several weeks, we've been talking about what the armor of God is, how it's used, the fact that we should wear it. 
But today, when we're looking at the subject of prayer, we're not just talking about the armor of God or the pieces of God armor. We're saying this is how we're going to be putting it on every single day. And so, hence the title of tonight's message, we are going to suit up through prayer. And there's two things that I want to talk to you about tonight uh, as far as prayer is concerned. The first we're going to take uh, just straight from verse 18. And I want to talk to you about prayer as a way of life. We're going to get to uh, prayer as a way of battle here in just a second. But I want to talk about prayer as a way of life in verse 18. Now let's read that verse again. And then we're just going to pick it apart as we go through it tonight. He says, praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now as we look through this verse, we immediately find three things about prayer. We find, number one, when to pray, number two, what to pray, and number three, how to pray. And I want us to look at all three of those right now. Now, the first thing that we find here is when to pray. And, uh, and I want you to look at our text. What does this say about when we are to pray? Well, if you look at verse 18, the first two words are praying always. So when are we to pray? Always, right? 24 hours a day, all the time. We are to pray always. Now, Tony Evans likens prayer for most people to be similar to the way that we start a football game in prayer. In other words, for many people, prayer gets things kicked off, but it doesn't really have a lot to do with the rest of the game. And many of us view prayer that way. I think one of the most important and yet Perhaps the most dangerous things that we've done is make is harp on a time of prayer throughout the day. And that's something that I've talked about. Now let me say there has to be a balance there because I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a time of prayer. Daniel prayed three times a day. It was uh, customary in Jewish faith to set aside three different times uh, of day for prayer as well. Daniel kept out. There, there were some others who did as well. They, uh, they came, some came morning and evening. Some came morning, noon and evening. They had set aside special times to be with God and to pray. And, and so I don't want to take anything away from that. You need a special time where you're alone, where it's just you and God, and you're pouring out your heart to Him, and you're praying to Him, and uh, examining your heart with Him. Those are very, very important. But the point that I'm trying to make is, I think through the years, what we've done is we've harped on so much a time of prayer that what's happened is, is that people go into their time of prayer and they walk out and then their prayer is done for the day and they don't need it anymore. And that's if you can get them to do that once a day. It's kind of like church. We have church. church. Church day is Sunday. Sunday is the day to be a Christian. Right? This is the time that we be a Christian, and then we go throughout the rest of the week and we do our own thing. That's how it is for many people. And the same is true with prayer, or the same is true with reading the Bible. If we only have certain times that we're doing that, then it can create a problem. We can get into a rut, and before we know it, that's the only time that we have. We we say later, I've already prayed today, I'll wait till tomorrow morning, and I'll pray about it then. But please understand that although there needs to be specific times 
set apart for prayer, that prayer is not to be a time of the day. Prayer is to be a way of life. And I want to tell you that regardless of whether you're spending time every morning in prayer, if you're not going the day throughout, uh, throughout the day with prayer, then you're going to be struggling in your Christian life. You're going to struggle in your Christian walk. You're going to struggle with your thoughts. You're going to struggle with your words. You're going to constantly be disappointed in yourself. Why did I think that? Why did I say that? And then you're going to wait till the next day to ask forgiveness for it. See what I mean? We need to be very careful about just setting time aside for prayer and and prayer not being something that we go through uh, throughout the whole day. Now, let's go back to that football game for a second. Yes, you should start football games out with prayer. But guess what? If you're a coach or you're a player on that team, you need to be praying through the whole game. That You need to be seeking God through every play, through everything that you do. And the same is true with our life. We don't just need to start off our day with prayer. It's not just something we start our meal with. Prayer needs to be a, 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 absolutely a part of everything that we do. Now, this verse doesn't say start or end your day in prayer. What does it say? It says pray always. Pray always. Prayers to be a part of your life every day, all day. Some of you say that sounds like a very boring day. But I hope you'll see as we get along through here that um, what exactly we're talking about. So number one, when to pray. Number two, what to pray. Now as we read, continue to read through this verse, in verse 18 it says, pray, Praying always with what? All prayer and supplication. Alright, so not only when to pray, but what to pray. And Paul uses two words here in connection to prayer. He uses the word prayer, and then he uses the word supplication. Now the first word, prayer, just generally denotes that. It's just praying, just, just the sense of praying. The second word, this word supplication, is really an asking or a pleading for one's needs. And it's not just saying, uh, supplication can be just generally asking God for something, but I think it really denotes an intensity in prayer as well. When we are going before God and we are begging, we are praying with energy uh, and, you know, bringing our needs before God. So it says praying always, that's when to pray. How to pray is we're to bring our prayers and our supplications before Him. We could also say it this way, that we are to pray at all times, with all kinds of prayers and requests. You know, through the years, and I guess I've been guilty of this at times as well, but I've spoken to a lot of people about prayer. And, you know, many people, there's some people that pray about everything. Let me tell you, those are the healthiest Christians. There are some people that pray very, very little, very seldomly do they pray. There are some that pray, but then they'll only pray about certain things. Like they think God's too big and too busy to deal with some of the things in their life. They'll handle those on their own. And, uh, and you know, so they don't pray about some things, they'll only pray about certain things. But I want you to know that what this verse says is that we are to pray at all times about all things. So the question is, what is too big for you to take to God? Nothing. What's too little for you to take to God? Nothing. But that in all things were to be taken to God, our prayers and our supplications. Listen, sometimes it's not the big decisions that we make apart from God 
that hurts the most. Sometimes it's the little decisions that we make apart from God that hurts the most. Or an accumulation of many of what we consider being little things, uh, little decisions that we make apart from God. We need to bring all these things before God at all times. The third thing that this verse tells us is how to pray. And I want you to notice, uh, as we read through here, it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication, but notice these next three words, in the Spirit. We're to pray at all times. We're to pray about all things. But anytime we pray and anything that we're praying about, it needs to be done in the Spirit. And I think this is uh, another great place that we find this truth is in Romans chapter 8. If you'll turn there with me. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. Go ahead and turn there. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, verse 26 tells us, That the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses because there are times that we don't know what we should pray for. And there are times that we don't know how to pray for certain things. But he says that the Spirit uh, helps our infirmities. He helps where we're weak in this. And he himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And then verse 27 says that he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints Look at this, according to the will of God. A lot of times people ask, well, how do I know if I'm praying in the will of God? I'll answer that. You pray in the Spirit, and you'll be praying in the will of God. Because if you allow the Spirit to guide your prayers, He's going to guide you in praying for things that are according to God's will. Now, really, there's a lot more, I guess, to it than that. But just a simple answer is, you pray in the Spirit, and you will pray in the will of God. Now, what does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Well, what this means is that you are so filled and in tune with the indwelling Spirit that you allow Him to guide and move your heart with His prayers. Now, this is so important. And we need to take this seriously. If we're taking spiritual battle seriously, if we're taking the armor of God seriously, that we need to take prayer seriously. We need to take it seriously when it says that we need to pray in the Spirit. We talked about prayer a little bit this morning. Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll give it to you. And I also showed you where there are other places in Scripture where he says the exact same thing, but but he puts a little note in there and he says, if you pray anything according to my will, I will make sure you have it. I'll give it to you. Now, how do we pray in accordance to the will of God? Number one, we've got to be surrendered to God. Number two, we've got to be in the Word of God. You, know, you won't know what the will of God is apart from the Word of God. And so we need to pray according to Scripture, but we need to pray being filled with the Spirit. And, you know, I think there's a lot of weak prayer lives for this very reason. Now, please listen to what I'm saying. You know, I've been on both sides of this. And there have been times in my life when I wasn't really walking with God on a day-to-day basis. I would get up, do my prayer time, go throughout my life, say things I shouldn't say, 
do things I shouldn't do, think things I shouldn't think, be a part of things I shouldn't be a part of, go places I shouldn't go, and uh, you know all these things be a part of that. And, and then I'll go to God in prayer and I'll pray and I'll try to pray and what I think God would be honored with, but then I never see that come to pass. What is hindering my prayer then? Is it what I'm asking for? Or is it what God sees that I would do with it if he gave it to me? You see that? And so sometimes it's not just getting the right formula. It's not just saying, okay, I've got to... I've got to ask in God's will and I've got to ask in the Spirit. Sometimes it's not just the formula. Sometimes God needs to see that we're at a place where we're ready to receive what it is that we're asking for. Sometimes you're asking for the right things, but you're not living a life that God can bless you with it. And I've been there many, many times. But you know, there's another side of that where you are, where you have surrendered your life to God. You surrendered your heart to God. And you are only wanting to do His will in your life. When your focus is not on what you want and what you need and and all those things, but your your primary focus in life is to walk with God and to please Him, you know, all of a sudden you start asking for things that you would never have asked for before. You start praying for things you never would have prayed for before. And what's the difference there? What's happened is, is that being a saved person... Once you have surrendered your heart to God, once you made Him your focus and you have allowed yourself to be separated from sin, He fills you with His Spirit. And His Spirit is going to start giving you new desires. He's going to start giving you new wants. And you're going to start praying new prayers. And all of a sudden, now you're asking God for things that He wants to bless you with, for things that you need and they're according to His will. And you're praying in the Spirit. And those things all of a sudden start coming to pass. Because not only are you asking the right things, but He sees that you're living a life that is responsible enough to handle what you're asking for. There's so much that goes along with it. And really, there's not an easy answer uh, to you know, how to pray and, and get what you're praying for. But I think the biblical answer is, is that we have to pray in God's will. We have to pray in His Spirit. We have to pray according to His Word. But we also need to be living a life that reflects all of those. That's not to say that God won't ever answer prayers when you're outside of His will. He's answered many of those for me as well. Sometimes he's answered prayers that later I kind of wish that maybe he hadn't. But, you know, the truth is, is that uh, we're just talking about living a consistent and powerful prayer life. Now, another part of the how is not only are we to be praying in the spirit, but we are to be praying on watch. If you look at the rest of verse 18, he says, praying with all prayer supplication in the spirit. And look at this and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So not only are we to be praying in the Spirit, but we're also to be praying on watch. That means that we are always to be on alert for potential prayer needs. Not only in our lives, but as we see here, in the lives of all those around us, in the lives of the saints and our Christian brothers. Brethren, when we look around in the church and we see that there's a need, we need to be alert for that. We need to see where that need is and we need to start praying for them. Now listen. There are times when you're not going to know what to pray for in a person's life until they bring it out to the church and say, hey, I need everybody to pray for me. But there are times when nobody's going to say a word, but you are in tune with the Spirit. You're, you're looking for God's will and, and, things like, and you're going to see people and you're going to see needs in their life that they may not even know they have. I think this is a part of that. 
Number one, we're praying in the Spirit. But number two, we're also praying with a watchful eye. We're looking for any way, that uh, potential that, that we need to be in prayer for. And it becomes a part of how we pray. And sometimes uh, that's not something that happens in 30 minutes at the beginning of the day or the end of the day. Sometimes it's something that you don't know about until a split second. And then you need to find a way right then to take that to God and start praying for it. Now, what does all of that look like? And, you know, I was thinking about this as I studied for the message I've given you a lot of facts. I've given you a lot of what we should do and shouldn't do and all this. But, but what does that kind of prayer life look like? And I, I've tried to write this out. So let me just put it this way. I believe that this kind of prayer life looks like this. First of all, it starts with someone who is already completely surrendered to God. And I'll tell you something. We're all going to slip up and we're all going to sin from time to time. It's going to happen. But if you, if you were living a life in sin that you know is not right, that you know shouldn't be there, but you continue to live in it, then your life is not completely surrendered to God. And you're going to mess up regardless of where you are in your walk. You're going to sin or you're going to make those mistakes. That's going to happen. And I'm talking about if you were living in habitual sin in your life, then you're not surrendered to God yet. If things are coming out of your mouth, that shouldn't come out of your mouth. And I'm not just talking about curse words. I'm talking about anything that is dishonoring to God or disrespectful to others. If those kind of things are coming out of your mouth, you're not fully surrendered to God yet. If you're still saying and doing and thinking things on a constant basis uh, that are dishonoring to God, then then you're not completely surrendered. So it starts with someone who is already completely surrendered to God. They've tried doing the independent thing long enough to know that it doesn't work, and they've laid their whole lives at God's feet. Then it goes with having a heart that is surrendered to God and empty of self, and they become so filled with the Spirit of God that they are allowing Him to direct their thoughts and lives. So there's a surrender that needs to happen, there's a filling of the Spirit of God that needs to take place, and then once those two things are in place, then throughout the day, they not only have spent meaningful time alone with God uh, during a specific time of the day, but they remain connected to God all day long. They're looking at life through spiritual eyes. They see the needs around them. They're praying for them regularly. And not only that, but at any moment when an issue arises, they are ready to take it to God for strength or further instructions. They're living on guard in their minds. At any time, if a straight thought, a sinful desire, a deceitful emotion uh, comes through their mind, that they are ready to confess it and forsake it immediately. And for this person... Prayer is not just how to start or end the day, but it's an anchor that holds them steady through every moment between. How many of us have prayer lives like that? But I think the scripture tells us that that's the intention. That's where we need to get. Maybe none of us are perfectly there, but that's what we need to be striving for. Complete surrender to God, filled with the Spirit of God, and always ready at the drop of a hat to go to God in prayer. You know, some, some people are so in tune with the flesh 
that they're ready at the drop of the hat to fight somebody or shoot off an ugly remark. We need to be so in tune with the Spirit that at any moment we're ready to fire up a prayer to God. Say, God, I'm sorry for this. Or God, I need help with this. Or God, I see this in someone's life and, and they need help and they're needing guidance and needing direction. I just pray that, that you'll pull all that together at any time of the day. We're praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Prayer needs to be a way of life. Then I want to go to the second thing here. And that prayer is a, mean, is a means of battle. Prayer is such an important part of our lives. And while it may be tempting to merely view it as a secondary weapon used in addition to God's Word, I want you to know tonight that it is far more than that. When I was growing up, there was a show that I watched where a kid would, uh, well, I don't know so much that he woke up in the morning as his bed kicked him out of bed in the morning. And uh, it would kick him into a chair, and that chair was on a conveyor belt, and a machine would shower him and dress him and brush his teeth. And by the time he came out at the end of the machine, it was like a car wash. And when he got out, he was squeaky clean. He was ready for school. And I think it may have even served him breakfast once he was there. And uh, I remember thinking, man, I wish I had a machine like that. I kind of wish I had one today like that. But Nikki's the one kicking me and, uh, and pushing me and making me uh, get ready in the morning now. So I guess in a way I have that. But, you know, in, in a way, that's exactly what prayer is to the child of God. You see, God provides the armor, but prayer is what puts it on. In other words, you say, well, I see that I have all these pieces of armor, that God has supplied all the armor that I need. How do I put it on? You put it on through prayer. Notice that when we talk about the armor of God, we're not really talking about belts and shoes and helmets, but we're talking about spiritual things that shield and anchor us through our enemies' attacks. We're talking about truth and righteousness and peace and, and faith and so on. Well, how do you put on or pick up these spiritual things? You have to use a spiritual tool. And that tool is prayer. Well, I believe that each of these are tied to the Word of God. They are applied through our prayer lives. I can know by God's word what the truth is, but I can still refuse to rest in it. Anybody been there? You know what God's word says about it. You know what you should do. You're just not doing it. And so always knowing what God's word says is not enough. So God's word tells us and gives us the information, but prayer gives us the application. Prayer applies the truth of God's word to the circumstance at hand. Therefore, when the enemy tries to deceive me, then God's word reveals the truth. God's word says that is false. This is true. But while the word of God tells me what the truth is, prayer is what settles me in it. You know, back several years ago, I, I don't even know where this came from or, or what it was. Maybe it was, I, I don't really even know where it, where it originated. But there was a saying that came out that said, uh, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. And I wasn't even that big of a fan of that saying. But what I remember is, 
pastors were the ones repeating this over and over and over again with vigor and sometimes vinegar and, and just, you know, no, that's not it. God's word says it. That settles it. Doesn't matter what you believe about it. But you know, the truth is, is that although it's true, God's word is settled, settled in heaven forever. God's word says it. That should settle it. But sometimes just because God's word says it doesn't mean that it's been settled in my heart. That's been settled in my life. Many of us know what the word of God says. The devil tries to deceive us. We know what the word of God says. We know what the truth is. But that truth is not yet settled in our hearts. So what we do is we squirm, we fall, we turn and run, whatever it may be. You see, although God's word tells us what the truth is, prayer is what helps to apply that truth to our lives. When temptation arises, God provides a way out. Did you know that? As a matter of fact, I believe over the book of Corinthians, and I, for some reason I can't, I can't remember the exact reference to that, but it talks about the fact that there is no temptation that we're faced with that's not already common to man. But with every temptation, God will always do what? He'll provide a way out. He makes a way out of that temptation. Do y'all know that God's Word says that? If you didn't, do you believe it now? God's Word says that. Yet, you know what? I've been faced with temptation many, many, many times. And I knew the truth of what that verse tells me. But I didn't always look for the way out. God's Word gave me the information that there's a way out. There's a way to escape that temptation. But prayer guides me through the right door. See, if I try to face temptation alone, I may know what God's Word says. I may still make the wrong choice. But when temptation comes and I take that to God through prayer, and He settles in my heart the truth that is there, the Word that is there, He shows me the way out of that and helps me to walk in victory, helps me to stand in the face of temptation. When the storms of life are raging, God's Word tells me that there's a place to find shelter. Prayer is what leads me to it. It's what helps me to rest. And that peace of God. A couple weeks ago, I was, um, I've already shared this with you, but I was faced with one of the scariest things that I've ever been faced with in my life. And I'll tell you, it's stayed with me for a while. To the point that I eventually, and I, I don't really go outside and, and talk to many people about things outside of Nikki or, or God, but I needed somebody to talk to, or at least I thought that I did. And uh, called a guy up and talked to him, pastor friend of mine, and you know, and he listened to me, and um, you know, he told me that he'd pray for me, and I was very appreciative of that. And just a few minutes after I got through talking to him, I received a text message that said um, something along the line, you know, that God's in control, and I need to rest in His love. And I remember the numerous sermons that I had preached over recent months about how that peace is there and how we need to rest in God and rest in His love and rest in there. And, and I replied back and I said, I know that. I know that, brother. I thank you. It's hard to do. And it is. But I'll tell you, somehow, 
there was a peace that came over me that defies any understanding that I, I can come up with. <clears throat> Suddenly I was able to begin resting. I was able to apply that truth to my heart and to my life. But I'll tell you, that didn't happen until I went to God in prayer. See, I went around talking to this person and, uh, and, and talking to Nikki, and, and, but who I really needed to talk to was God about that. God's Word settled the truth that He is a place of rest and a, a place of peace, but it wasn't until I went to Him in prayer about it that that peace was applied. What I'm saying is that merely knowing that there's a spiritual battle raging, knowing that we need God's strength, knowing that God has armor to stand in is not enough. And you could come at the end of this series and know all about the armor of God and know what it means to, to have on the belt of truth or the breastplate of righteousness or whatever, all those different parts. Know that you've got to stand in God's strength. You can have all that information there, but it's not enough. Many of us have known for years that the armor of God is available to us, and yet we get our bell rung every single day. Why? Because just because it's available to us doesn't mean that we're applying it and we're putting it on. And it must be put on through prayer. If you are going to use and apply the truths, then it has to be through prayer. It wasn't too long ago. I believe it was the last house we lived in. I had a, I bought a lamp. Our room was dark. I bought a lamp and, you know, it's one of those that you have to kind of construct yourself. And I'm not very good at construction, so it probably took me a little longer than it should have to get it ready. And I worked and worked and worked on that thing. And, you know, I, I put the shade on, put the light bulb in, and, and uh, I went over and flipped the switch, you know, clicked it. Nothing happened. I'm going... Come on now, what is this? I look all around it and, and I, I can't see anything wrong. Go ahead and click it a few more times. So maybe that would do the trick. Nothing. Now I know what you're thinking. But I looked over at the outlet and it was plugged in. So I said, well, what is up with this? Go back, check the whole thing over. All the parts are there. All the pieces are there. It's plugged in. All, everything's where it should be. But what I forgot about was that outlet was tied to a light switch. The light switch had been turned off. All the parts were in place. The connection was made, but there was no power. I want to tell you that you've already, you don't have to find it. You already have the armor of God available to you. You already have the strength of God available to you. It's all been bought, it's all been paid for, it's all been supplied, it's all been offered, it's there, they're working, they're put together, no assembly required. But the only way it'll ever work for you is through this last piece that we're talking about, and that's prayer. Prayer is what gives power and movement and life to all the things that we've been talking about. Every circumstance that comes up, you need to take it to God in prayer. You're being attacked with temptation. You go to God in prayer. You ask Him for what's needed. You ask Him for the truth. You ask Him for 
uh, that way out. You ask Him for the shield and, and you know, for, for faith to get through this, whatever it is. But if you're sitting there trying to do it yourself, and you're saying, I know that there's armor here somewhere, it's not going to work for you. Prayer has to be a part of your spiritual warfare. You've got the Word of God to defend you. Well, what holds all of this and energizes all of these pieces of armor is prayer. Some of us have been trying for years to make this Christian life work. All the parts are there, all the information's there, but something is missing. Something's not working. Could it be that what you're missing is prayer? And again, I'm not talking about a time in the morning that you pray. I'm talking about a life of prayer. A consistent and powerful prayer life. And I would almost promise for certain that if you will commit yourself to being surrendered to God, commit yourself to begin taking all these things to God in prayer, I'm not going to promise you that your life's going to be easier. I'm not going to promise you that your problems are going to go away. That would be a false promise. I'm not going to promise you that nothing bad is ever going to happen. I will promise you that if you will commit yourself to prayer, like what we've been talking about tonight, that when those things happen, you'll stand and you won't fall. You can be victorious even if you have to go through it.